From a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thank you so much for joining us here on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Leslie Liao, and coming up this hour, I have Ear to the Ground, where Andrew Ryan brings you some sounds from Taiwan, and Jukebox Republic with Shirley Lin. But as always, though, we're going to start off with Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Monday, February 10th. I'm your host, Leslie Liao, and joining me today is the monologuing John Van Trieste. Hi there. And Miss Shirley Lin. Hello. On today's agenda, what happens when an ally gets involved with a lantern festival? Well, Taiwan has the answer for you this year. Next, part-time workers go missing. What's that all about? Well, we have a reason that might baffle you, and face masks, face masks, face masks, they're all the rage now. People are finding them in unusual places. All that and more coming up next on Here in Taiwan. All right, so Belize is one of our few allies Taiwan has left. I believe we have about 16? We've got a, a, a fair number in that neighborhood, though, Central America. Yeah. Um, Belize being one of them. And it is promoting itself uh, again, uh, this time at the Lantern Festival. I say again because not long ago, there was a very nice Belize-themed display on some of our Metro cars. I don't know if you guys saw those huh. or not. I don't uh, remember that, actually. Very cool. Um, and, uh, of course, this began on Saturday. So uh, if you go down to Taichung, where the festival is taking place this year, you can go check it out. And it has two themed lanterns on display here. Um, one of them, I think, is very puzzling. I would like to see an actual photo of this to okay. see how they pulled it off. Because it's a photo of a renowned Belizean attraction. However, it's a gigantic sinkhole called the Great Blue Hole. What? I'm not sure how you turn that into a lantern. Well, if anything, being in Taiwan for so long, I can say, like, you can turn anything into a lantern. Here is a void. Now imagine it's blue. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bit of a challenge. Know. Don't sinkholes just, their, their mystery is they go on forever? I don't know. It goes on pretty deep, apparently. Anyway, it's off the coast of Belize, a famous tourist attraction there, and they've managed to make it into a themed lantern for this year's display. Huh. Um, it adds some marine animals, so that's not just a, a gigantic blue blob. Um, there's some fish and stuff in there. And uh, the work supports sustainable ecology, according to this article, although it doesn't quite specify how. Maybe they work with an ecologically friendly materials or an ecological association. Mm. Just my guesses. Um, the other one is called Mask Temple, and it, it features Belize's Mayan heritage, uh, including uh, a architectural piece from the Lamanai site. And apparently... And it's not very clear from the way this article is written. It says locals wear animal masks. So I think it depicts locals wearing animal masks. Yeah. It would be very cool if there were actual locals appearing alongside it wearing animal masks as yeah. well. But who knows? And uh, it, it, it depicts, anyway, a traditional festival called the Deer Dance Festival. And uh, according to the Central American Trade Office here in Taiwan, the light, I guess emanating from within this lantern, symbolizes the solid connection between the people and the land. 
So a lot of things to think about there. You said the festival of the deer or the dance of the deer? The deer dance festival. The deer dance, deer dance. festival. Dancing deer. So deer I would dance. I would like for there to be a demonstration. I'm not sure if they managed to pull that together in time for the festival, but that would be interesting to see. I wish you guys a could see a little sample the, of that. I wish you guys could see what I'm seeing right now in my head. Just a Disney style kind of musical with anthropomorphic I'm not deer. sure it's quite that sort of a festival, but uh, uh, that, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it just uh, goes to show that our Lantern Festival keeps getting more and more diverse every year. There's more stuff to see every time every time around. Are they the only country from a foreign country to get involved so You're far? the only one that I've seen that has had a press release about it. So All right. Well, you know what? Belize is, in, funny enough, English-speaking country, so... You better Belize it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to end it right there. Perfect pun. So we have a part-timer in their English department. Her name's Lily. She's a very hard-working and diligent person. And just to be clear, she has not disappeared, so it's okay. We don't, <laughs> not yeah, to alarm anyone. Yeah, she's still here. Uh, but there is has been a story about a part-timer who disappeared somewhere. Shirley, what's going on here? Mm. So this guy, um, you know, he owns a publishing company, I think. Um, actually, it doesn't say. Sorry. But, um, you know, he's always uh, hired many different um, part-timers interns and all that but uh and they've all given like you know all kinds of reasons for why they want to quit yeah but this one particular um part-timer a female um had the most ridiculous and baffling um excuse so what happened was that she showed up for the first day mm -hmm. and at the end of the first day he asked her well how did it go are you adjusting well and she said oh it's wonderful it's great but the next day she didn't show up and then she didn't show up the next day. And until the end of the month, she came in to get pay for that one day that she worked there. Uh -huh. And then he asked her, well, what happened? And she goes, well, um, I skipped smelling this grease around the office uh -huh. that made me faint for a, close to a whole month. I was <laughs> in a coma for a whole month. I feel like there should be some sort of medical evidence for this. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, really. Yeah, it does sound that like, way. But um, was there a hospital record? Or... I, I, I think she was just watching too many t telenovelas. You know, that sounds like Science something. Science fiction movie. <laughs> nah, just like you know the, these dramas that they have on TV. Did they say how old this uh, student was? No, I've never no, heard of fainting grease say. as a plot device. But no, no. Well, actually, I not my own personal experience, but it was someone that I worked with. Mm -hmm. And um, we were going to uh, do this recording project, and actually it was a regular weekly thing. But that particular week he didn't show up, and we called him, and he didn't pick up. And so all I had to do was just like just get somebody else to do it with me. Mm -hmm. And then I think um, maybe a week later or something, I got a call from him or a text message from him saying that he was in Elan and... Uh, and then he slipped on the river or something, on some stones or something, and then hit his head on the, on the rock, and he, was, he, he fainted, and that he was in a hospital for three days in a coma. And to this Again, day, some I, records would be nice. I, some yeah. doctor's note. I had no idea. I don't know whether he's telling the truth or he's lying or it's just making an excuse, but to this day, it just really baffled me. He never... Yeah. They'll, they'll I, give you doctor's notes for like the I feel flu. Like, yeah, I, you get some kind of like documentation and then, okay, fine. Yeah, we're not but, talking about yeah. like a paper cut here, but fainting grease is... is, is or a yeah, stress. Smell. Well, or it doesn't then, affect anyone else there. No, right? no, no. I no. feel like there'd be more than one case. 
Yeah. Anyway, this got some netizens in on the discussion, a heated discussion here. Heated um, discussion. Yeah. Some said that, well, it's good that she gave a reason. I mean, there, mm. I think this netizen came across where there was no reason given at all. Um, he said for a, one, one of them said that, uh, you know, to this day, he, he didn't even hear from the person as to why and what happened. And then another was saying that uh, uh, the first day it went all fine. The next day, um, during lunch, he went off to get a lunchbox and never came back. And that was it. <gasps> you know, just never came back. And then there was another one who says, oh, mine's even worse. You know, um, <laughs> on the first day of work, he went to the bathroom and then he just disappeared. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> you can't even top the lunch break. It's a bathroom <laughs> break. Got sucked in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he said. I bet he got, did he get sucked into the toilet bowl or <laughs> that's something? That's interesting because, um, yeah, so. We know. call that a no-call, no-show, you know, when you don't even call and you don't even show up for work. And that is immediate termination, I think, you know. Hey. Yeah, with this kind of I'm attitude. I'm just surprised that she had, like, the nerve to go back and ask to be paid for that for one that day. For that one day? true. That is true, but. Uh, that's what i mean we are we are just like judging from this. we're just speechless right Raping here the bottom of the barrel here <laughs> all right so it's no secret that uh with this new novel coronavirus outbreak um there's been a huge demand for face masks and uh people are scrambling anywhere to get them they've shown up in claw machines and now the government has actually implemented regulation to ration them two per person per week would, would you believe that that means yeah. you, can, you have to use one every three days anyway surely um, found an article right. about people finding it in unusual places yeah well, um, somebody said that he found in his drawers, um, or actually he rather thought about the fact that past, you know, uh, election campaigns, mm. um, these candidates have been like giving out, um, you know, giveaways. Yeah. And some of them uh, are actually, were actually face masks, oh, know, yeah. surgical masks. I end up with all kinds of pens. I don't know why. You have uh, pens? I get tissues. Me here. Yeah. yeah, same here. Tissues. Tissues. They're, they're on the tissue packet not on the tissues themselves just yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To right 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 that'd yeah. be for a candidate you didn't like very much <laughs> i know i really. blow my nose at you yeah i, yeah. I, I sneeze so, in your general direction right so anyway this particular person he said that he actually found you know went through all his drawers and found you know all these uh, face masks from like 10 different uh, election campaigns wow. from the past so um so he's really glad to find that another uh guy he's a guard at a apartment complex and um, sometimes, you know, uh, again, during elections, people will be handing out these, um, you know, these um, giveaways and they would stuff them in the mailboxes. But then, you know, the residents of those mailboxes kind of, they don't take them or something like that. Mm. So he hoards them, you know, it has kind of put them away. Are you allowed to do that? Well, I actually put them away because nobody's taking them. So anyway, yeah. so, and so now that, you know, we're running down on masks, he thought, oh, great. So I better go back and get all those out. And uh, he actually gave some to his friends. And then the others, he, um, you know, he kept like five or six for himself. And then, uh, but he's still going in line uh, to get the two uh, ration of um, masks each week mm. because in case he runs out, you know, on this uh, this load that he has too. We need to have like staggered rationing because a lot of them like they're sold out first thing in the morning, and people who have to be at work and mm. aren't able to it's get one. Dis disproportionate. I heard of one community in Taipei. They only have one pharmacy for a community of like thirteen thousand, uh, like three thousand people, right? And oh. they only get two hundred masks a day. Oh, 
We've got、oh. like two pharmacies in my neighborhood. There you go. Yeah.、Oh, no. Okay. And then there is this. Um. Um. Well, he he is a legislator, and、uh, from a, a minor party, but、uh, he actually f- has a whole carton of、um, these masks.、Uh, all twenty four thousand of them.、Um, And the election is not, not open yet. You know, it's all sealed and everything. Yeah, left over from his campaign. So who's laughing now? Yeah, did, <laughs> wait, did he get elected? Like, uh, you know, it doesn't say. Because if he didn't get elected, he would just、At、be like, I wish. Yeah, but anyway, so um, he now has decided to uh sell two NT apiece. It's to, it's to cover the cost. That's, that's lower than the government、them. ones, I think. Oh yeah, government ones are five apiece, are right? Yeah, down to five. They've、now. been going down too lately. Yeah.、But. So the nearby、um, police station got bought like three、oh, thousand of、wow. the masks from from him, and、um, yeah. And then there is another. It's a county councilor.、Um, you know, when he was in doing the campaign, he was handing out these children's size masks,、mm. but nobody was taking them. Well, so now he's、size. got you know, a whole lot of them left over. So he's now handing them out. That's the problem. There's much fewer of those available. I think. I know the children's kind. Yeah, there's there's fewer of them being rationed out. Is that right? Heard,、so. Well, he's as of this reporting, he's got fifteen hundred of these, and he's given them away to、uh, nearby <clears throat> schools and kindergartens. That's. But that's interesting, like, because he was running. Was this part of election that he had the children's? I'm not、mask? sure if this is the reason. Oh. I, I hope that's why. That's very odd to have a bunch like, of children's yeah, masks. Yeah, because the children yeah, can't even vote. So what are you doing, handing out children's masks? Maybe he was a family man, and he's like, you know, promoting some, I don't know, parenting <laughs> policy. I guess that was his whole platform. But yeah, we I have a stockpile of、uh, me too of masks that are from、uh, random, I guess, candidates over the past few years. It's. I don't know. I feel I feel kind of empowered having that many masks during、oh, this shortage. It is、yeah. like a power rush. Well,、oh, like, I know you, John. You wear masks on the regular, so you must just feel like yeah, a king like, among men. I was like, please, I was doing it before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right.、Uh, oh, actually, you know what? One of our colleagues here in the Chinese service department, he was saying that、um, he actually remembered that back in two thousand three, when we had SARS outbreak,、mm. he had a whole bunch of、um, masks from then. And、um, because he got the wrong ones, yeah, because they, they were the、expire? ones we have to tie behind your head. Yeah, he, you know, he showed. He actually took a picture and posted it on Facebook.、Uh-huh. It looks like there was some discoloring in parts、yeah. of the mask. So get, like, I'm not sure. Mold but,、uh, colonies. Did anybody say well, anything? But if there's no mold, then I guess it's all right. I probably would still use it. Discoloration running, running is generally not a good sign、oh, of anything. Really? Okay. Yeah,、right, discoloration,、fine. oxidation, rust. That's the things I think of when you think of things going. Different colors.、Mm. All right, wrapping up your Monday here a little bit. We got a story about butterflies, and Taiwan is known as the kingdom of butterflies. We're known as the kingdom、going. of a lot of things. Have yeah, you noticed that? Fruits,、yes, the kingdom fruits, of fruits, butterflies.、Bananas. Motorcycles, I would、orchids. dare say. Orchids, that's right. <laughs> orchids. We can't decide what we're the kingdom of, but one of those <laughs> things. Anyway, butterflies is a strong contender, and yay! This is good news.、Um, this is a, a story about conservation efforts in a little valley in Gaoxiong that have brought back not only butterflies but also fish.、Oh. And they, they, these butterflies and fish, these poor things, took quite a beating、um, because. Over the past, I don't know. I want to say more than a decade, really. They've had a series of pretty severe natural disasters. 
Um, and it sort of left notches, actually, in the mountains that surround this Butterfly Valley. Uh, one guide shows, showed actually which layer came from which disaster. That's how oh, specific wow. they are. One was from Typhoon Morakot back in 2009. The next layer down resulted from flooding in 2012. And then another one is from another flood six years ago. So they just keep notching their way through the mountains and taking out a lot of wildlife with it. Um, so the community has really had to try and do their best to restore their lovely little butterfly garden in this valley here. And they've you know, cleared away rubble and landslides and all of that and rebuilt, uh, including a fish ladder which is, I think allows fish to get from one place to another where they need to on their... Oh. Like, I think, think of salmon, I guess. I was sort of. thinking of fish on with legs climbing up. No, um, not quite like that. My imagination. Um, but it, it's been rewarded, their efforts. They've got fish back in the river, and uh, they've now got 25 volunteers who are patrolling the place to make sure people aren't messing it up. And uh, it's home to a whole lot of butterflies, especially these purple crow butterflies, which I think are one of the great migratory species we have here in Taiwan. There's a great butterfly migration that takes place twice every year. Mm-hmm. As they, especially in the winter, they head south this time of year to luxuriate because Kaohsiung's tropical and yeah. these valleys are protected from any winds. So it's quite warm and nice and toasty for them. And then uh, come spring, not all of them, but some of them move back up north where it's cooler and. Uh, so um, they've planted all kinds of different plants that the butterflies like. And uh, for at least nine months out of the year, that, that's where they hang out. And so visitors who are into, the, into butterflies can uh, really come check them out, not up close, but from a respectful distance. More respectful distance. And uh, some of them are, about a few ten, tens of thousands of them are permanent. They don't migrate. They're resident oh. butterflies. So uh, the community is hoping that the government will seal off the river from development, I guess, because... Uh, some people use very nasty fishing methods like electroshock tools, dynamite poison, fishing, poison, oh. um, to stun them. And uh, for a while, they ha- it had been sealed off, but back then it was part of Gaoxiong County, which no longer exists. Mm. They merged into Gaoxiong City, and a fun political uh, consequence of that that I guess no one really expected was that the old law protecting the river was suddenly no longer there was no one to no. it wasn't on any books anymore because the books were gone. Okay. They're part of something else now. No um, consolidation. No, the, the, the old laws just disappeared. So they're hoping to get that reinstated. And uh, the Council of Agriculture has shut off the area temporarily for a few years, actually. They're investigating local flora and fauna, and they say that they'll decide whether to finally seal it off for good based on the results. It should take three to five years, they expect. Well, that's kind of nice, considering I just read an article about how the U.S. is running low on monarch butterflies. So it's always good to hear. We're always running low on butterflies. A bee's butterfly. It's always yeah. something. The thing that I'm kind of concerned about, though, is they're asking bakeries to provide bread without butter so people can feed the fish. I'm not sure that's a great... Oh, I, I, without butter, I'm not sure that's really... I thought you were going to say feed butter butterflies. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. Anyway, that's about all the time we have for this edition of Here in Taiwan. Don't forget, coming up next is Ear to the Ground and Jukebox Republic. For Here in Taiwan, I'm Leslie Liao. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. Do not go away.
Sometimes it feels like the whole world has gone soccer crazy. Or maybe I should say football crazy. Now don't get me wrong, I, I enjoy watching the game and if I were any good at it, I'd probably go out and kick a ball around now and then. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Grounds, I head to Germany to soak in the excitement of the European Cup and to listen for the sounds of victory. When I arrived in Germany last week, I discovered a nation of people glued to their television sets. The streets of Cologne were full of bars and restaurants where people were throwing back pints of beer and focusing on teams of people kicking a small black and white ball around a grassy field. Now, for an American, the site's kind of familiar, but our guys wear a lot more equipment, and American sports tend to have a lot more scoring going on, too. But I would soon discover that the fewer the points, the more exciting the game. Maybe that's one of the reasons why soccer has such a big following all around the world. And maybe that's why Americans don't like it as much. You need some high scores and some bling to get us excited. Last week in Cologne, I was with three bands from Taiwan who were performing at a showcase on Saturday night at the CO Pop Music Festival. On Friday, we were going to watch some bands play, but we realized that pretty much everything stops for football, especially when Germany's playing. So we went out to watch the game, too. We found this restaurant with a big screen TV. Well, pretty much all restaurants had a big screen TV at this time of the year. And we sat down and ordered some drinks and food. And it must have been one of the only places in town with seats left. Everywhere else was packed to the gills. We even walked by this tiny neighborhood cafe earlier in the afternoon, which was setting up its own big screen TV and what looked like some retro train station chairs. And each chair already had a name on it. Apparently, they were all reserved for the big night. Now that night during the game, the crowd went wild each time Germany scored. And it was a good night for them too. They ended up beating Greece 4-2, and that was their ticket to the quarterfinals. Now what happened next was really interesting. Apparently, the logical thing for Europeans to do when your team wins a soccer match is to hop in your car and parade through the streets, waving your country's flag and honking your horn. Eventually, one of the main streets near our hotel was blocked off entirely with the fans filling the streets and celebrating at the top of their lungs. So what about the other games, the ones without Germany? I'd assumed that they'd be quiet nights with people just sitting at home watching the game on TV. But I was wrong. On Sunday night, after the England versus Italy game went into overtime and then on to penalty kicks, Italy eventually emerged triumphant. And that, believe it or not, sent the Italians into the streets in Cologne, Germany, which is nowhere near the Italian border. In fact, Germany doesn't even have a border with Italy. So as you're listening to this program, chances are good that the Italians and the Germans are actually facing off against each other at this very moment. The game is set to take place at 8.45 p.m. Central European time. That's 2.45 a.m. on Friday morning here in Taiwan. 
after this program airs the first time. Now, sure, there'll be people staying up late here to watch it, too, and no doubt more than a handful of Germans and Italians living in Taiwan. Now, I doubt anyone will take to the streets to celebrate here in Taipei, but having seen the post-match celebrations firsthand in Germany, I have a much better idea of just how much football means to Europeans, and the South Americans, and the Africans, and, well, pretty much the rest of the world. With an ear to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan. Welcome to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. Recently, I'm in a real dilemma, and that is what to eat. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love eating. It's deciding what to eat. I admit I'm getting very health conscious lately. Um, actually, I've been so in the last couple of years, and that's why it's giving me a real headache. So let's start with what to eat today. Thank you. 
You're listening to Chupas Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm talking about my dilemma of deciding what to eat every day, actually. If you know me, I care very much about my husband, you know, Big John's weight. He's not called Big John for no reason. Good thing is that he's getting into some regular exercising, sort of. Uh, he would almost every morning uh, does, uh, do some kind of stretching to warm up. You know, we have this app for doing that. And then he would go out to walk and run a few laps. He says that he walks one lap around a block in our neighborhood, then he jogs for two, and then repeats. So he does that for about 40 to 50 minutes. And then he'll come home and uh, do another app for winding down after exercising. So it's actually more stretching to wind down. Well, kudos to him, really, for doing that. Um, it's been hard for him to get into a habit of exercising, of doing kind of any kind of sports to, um, you know, to lose weight. But uh, really, he's been keeping at this for, oh, I would say at least half a year now. So kudos to him for that. But um, uh, why am I talking about this? Because, you know, I'm talking about worrying about what to eat, right? Well, along with uh, the exercises, you know, I tell him that he should also do something about his diet. Um, I've been telling him to try and stay away from carbs or starches, at least, you know, cut down on carbs. And that goes for me, too. But you know, that's the part that's really hard for him because he loves eating and he loves noodles. He loves, well, noodles more than rice. He loves dumplings and those kind of things, you know, which have these pastry crusts or wrappings and all the carbs that are very, you know, it's so much part of the Taiwanese cuisine. And I've really been trying to stay away from carbs myself as much as possible, like noodles and rice and bread. Oh, man, I stay away from bread because... um yeah, except for breakfast, that is, uh, where I might just have one slice of toast or half a bagel, um, because I know that um, for my friend, who uh, one time years ago was telling me how she would eat bread, so much bread for like two whole weeks, because she would go to these bakery shops uh, in the evening when they would be sold um, at a discount. So he took advantage. Of, uh, she took advantage of that and was eating a lot of bread. And then she gained so much weight after those two weeks. So I said, I'm, I, I don't want that to happen to me. So um, I've been staying away from bread, literally. Um, let's have a song here before I continue telling you about my deciding what to eat saga. So here's another song. It's called 健康快乐. It means being healthy and happy. That's what I want. So this song is by Ping Guan. Let's 
些个日子，再精彩没了你也无味。在一起这么多年，这么快乐，全靠默契了。离别当然会舍不得，始终相信一切最后值得。想过去、失去、获得，多少考验，一起忍过了。看着别。快乐。So strict with myself about eating too much carbs, because I believe that when I eat too much carbs, it makes me feel sluggish at work. Not only that,、um, the moment I get on the train or the subway to go to work, I'll be already feeling sleepy, and I think it's because from eating too much carbs the day before. I don't know if my logic is right, but the fact is, too much carbs is not good for you, and Taiwanese food is just all that—a carb-filled cuisine. I mean, look at fried rice. And all kinds of noodles, like this beef noodle soup, and Taiwanese people just、uh, have come to like Western-style breakfast. So a lot of bread, and um, um, and I mean there really is a lot of starch in most Taiwanese-style breakfast as well, like turnip cake, Taiwanese-style hamburgers, egg pancake called a、uh, 蛋饼 right? 
just anyway, a lot of starch, a lot of carbohydrate. I'm not kidding. And a lot of foreigners here in Taiwan, they say that's the problem with Taiwanese food. There's just too much carbs. You know, it's very hard to stay away from carbs, period, in Taiwan. Another song here. Ideally, I like to be able to just eat whatever I want to eat. But uh, it's kind of hard. But I do have a song about that. 想吃什么就吃, eat whatever you want to eat by Li Jiahuan.
哎、欸，那还是我们去吃那家柠檬派啊？你不是说你吃饱了？好、啊，其实我觉得还是可以再吃一块。走啦，不要减肥了啦。<笑> Now by cutting down on carbs, I want to eat more protein because it would help me build muscle, especially at my age. But everywhere you try to buy a lunchbox here in Taiwan, there would definitely be rice, you know, or maybe noodles. I mean, there would definitely be carbs in there, and I could just not eat the rice. But that would be a waste. So it's really hard、um, to just buy protein.、Um, what I mean is like you know just a lunchbox with just chicken or just beef or just pork or just eggs or just plain protein. If I could just get a dish of just tofu, I'll be happy with that. I mean I'm not like、um, Leslie Liao, one of my colleagues here at RTI, who drives and he can just drive to a Costco and get one of those grilled chicken, a whole chicken if he wants. He actually had bought like you know like、um, grilled spare ribs, a whole box to himself.、Um, gosh, I'm giving away.、Um, anyway,、um, and he's also gotten like these grilled chicken wings. And just eat that for lunch. He he's done that at work, you know. And I wish I could do that, but 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 I can't. I don't drive. I mean, I my, you know, we do have a family car, but I don't drive, and I I try not to drive anymore. That is, and、um, so it's not been easy access to eating something like that. And you know, I like to eat out because my problem is that、uh, you know I like to change my food. Um, I, I I like changes. I can't eat the same thing for more than two days, and、um, I haven't really been cooking ever since becoming an em- empty nester. So I'm like my parents. We like to eat out. Not like my in-laws, especially my mother-in-law, who prefers eating at home because she cares a lot about food safety, and she still cooks very well at eighty. Anyway, so it's just been a dilemma,、um, especially. When I want to bring lunch into work, I'm always racking my brain trying to think like, what What can I get? What can I get? Actually, I don't mind going for salads and plant-based vegetarian foods, and we do have those kind of restaurants here. I've even、uh, I've even interviewed someone who has opened a restaurant like that too. Actually, she's、um, Vietnamese American. Yeah, but、uh, but you know, none of those kind of places are on my way to work, and that's another problem. Um, and also, if it's just vegetarian meal, I'm also afraid that I'm not getting enough nutrition. And besides, I'm already thin, and I think I should be eating more than just leaves. And it's also winter time, where I can't stand having cold salads all the time. Yeah, I know I have all these problems and excuses, right? Um, I think the biggest problem is not having access to any of those. Um, places that I can get healthy food. Although actually, I do have a couple、um, on my way home. I would always get off, take the bus,、uh, which goes for like you know maybe five or six stops, and then get off at a stop where I would switch to the MRT, the subway system, to get home. I frequent that place a lot, and I already、uh, has one fixed place where I can get salads. It's a salad bar. And it's not too expensive for three salad types that I pick, and then if I feel cold, I can get a soup. But sometimes they're out of soup. But again, you know, when I'm re- when you're really hungry, and it's cold out, it just gets a little 
a little disappointing just eating something cold, you know, and, uh, and, but, but, but you do fill up, but the problem is that you're cold still when you just walked in from the cold outside. So I'm stuck. I know I sound paranoid and complicated, but thanks for sticking out with me till the end of the show, really. If you have any ideas for me, any advice for me, please, please write me. So my address is Shirley Lin, that's S-H-I-R-L-E-Y-L-I-N, at rti.org.tw. Or you can write us at english at rti.org.tw, that'd be fine too, or rti at rti.org.tw. Yeah, any of those addresses. And I'd like to hear what you have to say. Give me suggestions for eating something that's healthy, but yet can warm me during this cold winter. Thank you so much for tuning in to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. I have another song. It's called Eat Whatever You See by Yoga Lin of Taiwan. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. 
Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.